I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Petty Little Things with your hosts, Victoria Secret and Davina Devine. Hi everyone. Hi everyone. Welcome to our first 15 minute bonus episode edition of Petty Little Things. Uh, this is Victoria's Secret and... This is Davina Devine, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> Two glamorous ladies, uh, both coming live to you from our homes at the moment. And um, yeah, we've been working on some more bonus little episodes to keep you entertained while on lockdown. Rest assured, we'll have a full length episode coming out next week. But in the meantime, we kind of wanted to touch upon a certain subject that we both watched a documentary on Netflix called A Secret Love and it kind of got us thinking what it's like to age specifically as an LGBT person. Age greatly as an LGBT person. Well, Davina, like, first off, I think we can both admit, well, I'll admit anyway, <laughs> maybe I'll just dump you in it too. <laughs> yeah, we will be aging your... with some injectables. Well, listen, I think it's a generational thing. <laughs> I, don't, well, I don't think Terry and Pat had uh, injectables around the 40s, but sure. No, but I think you and me, like, whatever way we go, there'll be frozen foreheads the whole way through, right? Well, listen, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs> I am battling against it all I can, for sure. From hair transplants to Botox, the works. But um, what I've never really kind of considered before was, what the hell happens to us at a later date? Because I certainly don't intend on having kids. And I presume... Oh, <laughs> you don't need to... You can do me in that one, all right? Come here, on you the can last, speak for me on that. The last episode, you made uh, some reference to the family that somebody tweeted me about like to this family as part of your runner of the week i think about the brady bunch yeah what was it you said (laughs) i can't even remember he tweeted saying he was laughing saying that he was laughing basically about me giving out about some family and i completely forgot so i actually messaged him and said huh what are you talking about (laughs) so he had to uh tell me what i said and i was basically just giving out about some family which i can't even remember but i still stand by it because obviously they deserved it did you call them the brady bunch little shits or something Oh, I think it was a bunch of Brady Bunch bastards. I think. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, like, listen, families families are a complex thing. Um, and I think the older you get, the more complex kind of the dynamics change. So that's why I think this, one of the reasons why this documentary, I think, was kind of interesting, because everybody has a family. They might not actually have kids, but they have a family. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting. Totally. I mean, something that I've never really thought about is after I retire, like, where am I going to be? I see myself in this little apartment in... Uh, bougie Dublin out until I rot but like realistically like I'm seeing my granny at the moment and you know she has a, a carer visiting her every day there's certain things that she can't do anymore and you know obviously she's got like uh, a load of children and grandchildren and everyone's kind of rallying around her to help her but that's something that like you and me like might not have like we might have nieces and nephews which will probably be like ah that old dingbat Davina I'm not helping her <laughs> out <laughs> the old lush herself well, I don't really plan on making old age <laughs> but uh but if I was to come to we have talked with that and and recently like um you know, just before, I was very close to my granddad, as you know, and um, when he went into a nursing home there just before he died a couple of years ago, like that was a very um, stressful time for everyone involved and having to kind of be around nursing homes and and see how much care is needed or how much care the elderly actually do need and how vulnerable they are Yeah, uh, was very eye-opening because you, I don't think you really think about that till you're forced to kind of look at it and... Um, and it did make me think about that. What's gonna, what will, what will become of us? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And and it also did make me think about, you know, other people's experience. Like, you know, um, a good friend of ours has worked in nursing homes as a nurse, yeah. and he talks about like how um, sometimes old people can regress in their old age, and you know, especially people with dementia, or you know, they forget. You know the way, like in the seat in a secret love, there was that kind of hidden person. They were mm-hmm. h- hiding themselves for years. Well, you know, like a good friend of ours who who is working in the nursing home, he said that sometimes, like, you know, when old people get mentioned and stuff like that, their real personality can kind of come out. So these like older men that might have been a little bit, you know, on the down low, yeah. were kind of creeping into other people's beds, and you know that that they were saying things about their secret life that basically was all just coming out so it, was, it makes you think it's, it's very complex and very deep yeah for sure when you were picking um or i should say when your family were picking somewhere for your granddad to live like was that like a hard decision did you have to like like because you know you always hear about these bloody prime time you know exposes, exposes. and like mm. something comes out like i feel that's a really stressful decision to make sure mm. oh, like was. you're like, trusting people with your family yeah, and and that's one of the things, like, I think when, like, I was watching the documentary, it really hit, hit home for me because there was the family side of it because people don't want to give up their independence and they don't want to um, have to go into those places, like, by choice, you you know, or by force usually. So no one wants to kind of choose to go live there. But sometimes it is necessary and it was really hard uh, decision to make. It, and... I don't know. It was it's very it was a very sad time. Like I when I was watching that documentary, I felt really sad about um, the whole time. That whole um, time in my life was really difficult because it was seeing someone kind of deteriorate and then knowing that you couldn't kind of care for them yeah. was very. Um, that was tough. Yeah, that was I can, hard. I can imagine. I can imagine. But I think it really helped. 
that you went in and did drag shows there every day for all the elderly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I had to learn all those wartime hits, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding, you guys. She didn't. But I, I do like the visual. But I would have. I do like <laughs> I the visual of, like, Davina going in, tits out, like, dress up her bum and literally, like, serving dinners and, you know, in a uh, candy striper outfit. <laughs> yeah, uh, like... It was a it was a real eye open experience and and to see like old people are just so resilient and yeah it's I don't know yeah I mean I, I like I have to say after watching it I did think oh my god like firstly after living on my own for so long I don't even know if I could live with like a gang of people but I mean it it's definitely something that. I, I would love to see at some point there be like a like an LGBT care home, if that makes sense. I could totally see that happening. And I feel like, you know, even the way the costings and stuff of nursing homes are like, and because they are expensive, mm. like you would almost be better off putting money aside to, to line something like that up. Because I think gays would be kind of into that yeah. across the board. Like it was definitely... Yeah definitely market there and I think now because people have been so much more open now for so long whereas before like it wasn't really spoken yeah. of yeah so it's definitely um a business great business idea right like maybe that is when um when when you all stop listening to our podcast maybe we'll, that's our next business opportunity we'll like open our own little uh, gay <laughs> retirement home and shady pines <laughs> yeah there'll be drag shows on at uh, thursdays and uh, there'll be better karaoke at the weekends and but technically it actually when you kind of think about it we kind of are running a bit of a nursing home like we do bingo <laughs> we do a little bit of live music in the house we do a little makeup like we technically are pensioner entertainment <laughs> yeah do you think that um you will be doing drag as an oap girl like is that something Listen, you've thought about? I, I've thought about, I don't know if I'm going to be doing drag this time next week with all this <laughs> lockdown shit. So I don't know if I'm going to make it to fucking 87. <laughs> like, so I'm literally, I am the day by day, bitch. I am taking this, especially lockdown, has me today fried. So today is not a good day. Yeah. <laughs> so I think day by day. The one thing you can be sure about is that Davina has enough Sally Hansen to get her through until she's an OAP right now. Because uh, while the rest of us are scrambling to collect makeup that takes three weeks to get here, <laughs> Davina's got six of every product sitting in a drawer and she's oh fine. God, look. She's totally fucking fine. Um, <laughs> I Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> For those that can't see at home, Davina just ha uh, held up six foundations and rubbed it in my face. I had to go one shade <laughs> darker last week because they were sold out of my pale complexion. But, oh, uh, yeah. But come here. Yeah, I am a prepared queen. It's got to be said. The uh, A Secret Love documentary. I had watched it yes. and I got very emotional watching it to the point I couldn't breathe. Like, it honestly, ups, like, moved me as much as, I don't know if you remember the Jade Goody documentary, but, like, it was mm -hmm. that same, my heart felt like it was breaking at one point. And um, I texted you. It's very relatable. Yeah. It's very relatable. I think that's why it was very poignant. And as I was watching it as well, I thought there was so many levels, layers to it. Yeah. That it was, like, it's so much more than... It, it, it's so much more than what it just says on the tin, tin, you know? Yeah, totally. And I think, I, I, I know, like, there's been so much, like, LGBT content that's come out on Netflix, like, more recently, but, like, to see that and Circus of Books and Hollywood and all, all of these coming to the forefront and people of all different backgrounds watching them and seeing them, it's so important and I'm thrilled. But when I watched it, I was like, Tavina needs to watch this. Like, these... Um, women are fucking beautiful like they will their story's amazing she needs to see it and then I think you're a bit like 
Oh, I'm not well, sure. I'm always a little bit apprehensive, especially around things about like love or kind of, it's just not really my thing. Uh-huh. I'm not really drawn to it. And I'm so glad I did watch it, but I, I, I think it affected me in probably other ways then I don't know, maybe other people were affected by it that way, but it definitely made me think a lot more about my granddad and about the, the family side of things more than a partner. Uh-huh. Like about, because it was still love, you know, the kind of way yeah. it was just like a love and kind of caring about someone in that way. So I could really relate to like Diane, you know, the aunt kind of character, the niece character. Yeah. I love and that you said character. Character. Yeah. Well, you know, like in the, in the. She's born uh, on the stage, darling. She's a character. <laughs> She's a character, darling. <laughs> Um, yeah, like I, I, the love story, it's like, I just, you know, I've yet to have that great love in my life. So I don't imagine being 80, holding hands with someone, you know, it's not, uh-huh. I don't see it in my future. Like, so, yeah. but the love that, that the family had for each other was very poignant, I thought. Well, I'm going to put it out there just in case people think that we're not in our right mind in the future point. Do not put us in the same care home. We we can be like in care homes close to each other that we can wave at each other. But unless you want like feud number 65. Uh, <laughs> Over a walker. <laughs> that was my walker, bitch. <laughs> you can walk. You can, she can walk. Or you looked at my fella. I looked at him first. He was mine. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, like, what was your favorite part of the documentary? I just loved the wedding bit. I just thought, wow! Like, imagine keeping something secret for seventy years, and just going through the stress of worrying about people's reactions to have that full circle moment of, wow, all my family are here, and I'm gonna put a ring in it, Beyonce style. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. I just I... referenced Pat and Terry Beyonce style. <laughs> Well, listen, you know, they were they were leading ladies of, of the time. Uh, I thought it was like one of the scenes, it said like when they went to like one year later and um, I think Pat was putting on Terry's coat and she just said that she means the world to her. Mm-hmm. I That was like halfway through. I just like, I sobbed just when yeah. she said that world because it's like it, just doing those mundane things for someone. Like yeah. it means, you know, like, and then for that, it was just like, I was right off for the whole thing. Then right. I was just like, I, I couldn't get back on track after that. I was like, right. oh, it was just emotional. Like, yeah. Uh, and also I want to come back as a powerful, rich lesbian because we got a little insight. Yeah. There was oh. definitely a bank balance there. <laughs> <laughs> Auntie Pat was shaking it on the side. <laughs> Fair play. There was, there was a few yeah. coins hanging around. I was making some notes and I did, I'm just going back to my notes and it did, I did say, did you know when they went to the observatory tower okay, and they were yeah. having a look to see where they lived? Did you notice how cute that guy was? <laughs> <laughs> Should we do a call out now? Can we like, yeah, <laughs> if you can absolutely. hunt him down? Yeah, he was cute. I wouldn't mind being with him for 80 years. <laughs> <laughs> he was, uh, I wrote it down, guy in observation tower. Um, in the first building was very cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I just loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, Definitely well, one to watch. I'm really excited. Uh, we have um, got the makers uh, behind the documentary on next that are going to chat with us. And um, they're kind of a big deal, you guys. And uh, I, I was all chilled until five minutes before this interview when Davina was like, Girl, I just read all the amazing things that this crew have done. And uh, yeah, this is kind of like major. So now I'm sweating <laughs> buckets, but I'm excited to do that. So when we come back after this very short jingle, we'll have the makers of A Secret Love. 
Okay, you guys, next up we have a very, very special treat. Uh, both myself and Davina were watching a beautiful documentary on Netflix last week, which, to be honest, touched me so much that I cried so hard. I think my neighbours thought I might have been going through something very difficult in my apartment. Um, the documentary was called A Secret Love, and today we are joined by the director, Chris Bolin, and producer Alex L. Fogel, and also producer Brendan Mason. Hi, you guys. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, thanks for having us. Thank you. Um, so we watched it last week. It only literally just came out. And uh, I saw a trailer for it. And straight away I was like, that's not a story I have heard before. Like, that's not something I've seen. Uh, and I was like, I need to know what happens. Uh, we were just curious, how did you guys come to hear about Terry and Pat? Yeah, so I'll jump in there initially. Uh, so Terry and Pat are my great aunts. Uh, oh. And I've been close to them my whole life. Yeah, so... Um, we had, a, we had a wonderful relationship, and I took a, a trip out to visit them in Chicago in 2009 with my wife, and um, we were having a wonderful lunch, and um, after lunch, they said, we have something to tell you. Uh, we're gay. And um, my wife and I said, thank you so much for telling us. We love you. We don't care. This isn't going to change anything. Uh, and the floodgates opened up with both of them, and they turned into these little giddy schoolgirls, and these, these stories just started falling out of them, um, dating back to the 1940s. And as I was sitting there at their home in suburban, um, in the suburbs of Chicago, uh, I, I was just blown away. I, too, just to your point, had never seen or heard stories of women of that generation before um, talking openly about this, this, this love that they had. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kept secret for seven decades. So, um, you know, as they were telling me these stories about kissing in Main Street in the 1940s during a dust storm and no one could see them, I, I just felt compelled to make a movie about it and I had to figure out a way to do that, um, which is when Vernon and Alexa came into the picture. I'll let them take it from there. Okay. Yeah, but go ahead, guys. How, how did you guys get involved? Well, I have a diff another career as well. I'm a casting director, and um, I had done a short workshop at NYU in the graduate acting program when Chris was there, which is how we knew each other. Uh -huh. And um, he approached me and asked if we could talk about this documentary idea he had. And Brenda and I had never done docs before because it hadn't come up. Uh -huh. And he started to tell me the story and the way I remember it is I went back to Brendan and said, guess what? We're doing our first documentary. <laughs> it just touched you that much. <laughs> you were just sold. So compelling. <laughs> and so, you yeah. know, and so, you know, beautiful. 
Well, and, you know, when you hear a story about someone who comes out in their 80s, you know, as someone who I came out when I was in my early 20s, you mm-hmm. think to yourself, oh, my God, like, you know, you want to know why, why would you put yourself through that in your 80s? That's a really kind of important question, because there are so many growing pains that you obviously go through during this process. So Alexa and I said, you know, we should go with Chris to meet them just to see because you never know, Mm -hmm. you could meet the people and they could not be great subjects. And Alexa and I were sitting having dinner with, um, with Terry in one room and Chris was with Pat in another and the way Terry would talk about Pat and her eyes would light up and she'd giggle it was like a couple that had fallen in love in the last year and Alexa and I looked at each other and we just thought we have no choice we have to make this movie and like the world had changed so much even since the 40s so it was so interesting on so many different levels like I just I was crazy about it it's it's amazing documentary yeah and you and Chris specifically because you're related I'm just curious to go from just coming out to going okay we're gonna make a documentary is a big leap so I'm just curious how did you uh, you know speak to them about that and did they have any reservations because I mean they had kept something private for you know seven decades and then all of a sudden you're you have cameras out yeah it's a great question and you know first of all because we had such a great relationship the three of us and and because of their trust that they had in me um they trusted me with this story and they they just they kept telling me if you think first of all they couldn't understand why anybody would want to make a movie on the two of them <laughs> they kept saying why does anybody want to hear this story um and you know and, and i explained to them why that was and, and why we felt compelled to do this and so you know they said if you believe in it and you want to do it we trust you so that that was a big step forward obviously making this movie um um but you know they yeah and i mean i'll let brendan and alexa talk a little bit more about that because they, they came on board outside and, yeah. of the family what was so extraordinary about how seamless that decision was on their part is that it was motivated entirely by their love of Chris and their sense that they were in good hands. It was mm. kind of that simple. I love you know, there that. was a little trepidation, I will say, you know, when we went to the reunion, uh, when we went to the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, and we were, the three of us were very, we were all on the same page about um, not exploiting them. Mm-hmm. And what they, whatever they wanted to share was what they shared. I wasn't going to push them in any direction. None of us were. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as the years went by, the degree of comfort definitely did um, increase with them. Um, but they just really trusted all of us with their story. I mean, they were naturals uh, uh, in terms of looking relaxed in front of the camera. It was like they'd been doing it their whole lives. Um, I suppose something that the documentary brought up for both me and Davina is that we've never really thought about our future plan when we retire and, you know, what our options are. And it was the first time I'd seen someone deal with that subject um, specifically for LGBT people. And basically I was like, God, what what am I going to do? You know, because straight away I was like, are care homes going to be welcoming to same-sex couples? Was it easy to find a suitable care home that would take on a same-sex couple and that were okay and open about that? This was something that, you know, documentaries have a way of telling you what they are. And this was a, um, a path we didn't know we were going to be go down, going down, but we did go down it because, as you say, in these carer homes, they are 
usually filled with people who tend to be religious and conservative. So there are some real unique challenges to the aging LGBT population. And we all think that is definitely something that's going to need to be addressed. In the United States, there are a couple of places, one's in Brooklyn. I know there are a couple in Chicago that specifically cater to that population. And I think now as the LGBT population is aging, um, and especially now that the generation below the AIDS crisis is aging up, that's going to have to be something that's really looked at and addressed. And there are a couple of organizations in the U.S. I know SAGE is one of them that's starting to kind of take that head on. Okay. And because locally here, I mean, I don't feel that we've heard anything specifically catering in Ireland. And, you know, Ireland is definitely a religious country. And it's something that I plan on actually speaking to my grandmother about and seeing what her thoughts about. We actually want her to have her her on the podcast and talk about this because um, her son is gay, her grandson is gay, her grandson is a drag queen. And uh, I'm just curious to see what she thinks because now she's at the age of 90, what she makes of their story. I think she really needs to watch it as well yeah there is that whole thing to to you know brennan's point and, and you bring up a good you know it's that twice that, that twice closeted phenomenon that's happening with the lgbtq elders where they finally have the courage to come out and they go back into the home and they have to go back into the closet and pat and terry um at the end of the movie there you know the wedding scene was was they had their f- close friends there but to the larger population of that community of that assisted living facility it was a birthday party Oh wow! You know, so yeah. there's still it was still walking that line a little bit. They they were they were a little reticent to really be open into the entire into the entire um, living facility. So, yeah, it's something real. I think the thing that kind of struck me, I think, with the whole thing was like they had kept it so secret for so long, like to to have that kind of come out. Like, what is the what reaction have you got from the documentary? It has been overwhelming and incredible in ways that we truly never could have even imagined. Immediately after the film dropped, I went on Twitter that next morning at five o'clock because I was worried about the Times review when it came out and it was a great review. And I I went to Twitter and um, all of these people had already watched the film only three hours into it being on the site and were posting their reactions of how moved they were. And there was this phenomenon. There's one couple actually in the UK. I think their Instagram handle is what Wegan did. They're a, a married younger female couple and they posted reaction videos of them watching the film and I actually talked to Pat that morning and I said you know Pat there's this thing called Twitter and it's this website where you can talk about how you're feeling and post pictures and it's all over the world Mm -hmm. and people have been posting pictures of themselves in tears after watching the film and she thought oh my goodness you know why are people why are people posting pictures of themselves in tears and i said well you know pat they're happy tears because they're so moved by your story and she kind of thought about it for a minute and she just said oh my goodness you know happy tears for me and terry well brendan i really think we did do our job then didn't we and one of the things we had always said to pat and terry is if we can get this film in front of one person who's you know a girl on a farm in cork or in missouri mm. and and have it affect them and see an aspirational relationship that they think you know i'm going to be okay i might want to be this one day then we did our job and that's the kind of validation we've gotten uh, in a way that you know, Chris, Alex, and I always, we get on Zoom and we talk about this. It's just so moving. I read an article this morning in a high school newspaper 
about the film. And this is something else that we've talked a lot about is, you know, if the audience could be, to, and, and this kid, this high school kid was talking about the purity of their love helps to normalize the community in the eyes of people who feel that it's other. And I thought that's remarkable. This is a high school paper. Mm-hmm. I think the beauty bridging of generations, you know, which is which is wonderful. I think the beauty of lockdown as well, and it being released right now, is everyone has that extra moment to sit and listen properly. And and especially with this documentary, I found that really helpful. Now I was one bottle of wine deep when I pressed play, which was, <laughs> to be honest, a bad choice because when I say the wedding scene made me sob to the point I don't think I could breathe for about five minutes after it. You know, that was, I mean, I'm a classic Irish girl here, bottle of wine and documentary out. Um, I'm curious, you guys, maybe after I finished it, I was like, I kind of want to know more about the family and obviously having someone related here. Um, I, I, I'm curious what all the family have made about the documentary because obviously they lived it, but now to see like everyone's reaction to it, what have they thought of it? Their, their, their minds are blown. I have to say that, you know, um, I, my, my Terry's father was from County Cork, Ireland. Ooh. Um, right off. Right oh, came oh, over, that's my yeah. cousin. From, that's definitely my cousin. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. I, yeah, I heard that. Um, and then her mother's from Italy. So the, the, the Catholic thing is just, as you know, is yeah. Irish Italian Catholic. Right. So, um, and then, so my family, um, Terry's side of the family is very Irish. Um, um, they are blown away though. They live in rural Saskatchewan. So, you know, in, in the prairies and, um, on farms and they just cannot believe what's happened to this film and how it's caught in fire uh, 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 globally. So, you know, Pat is just having a blast. She's getting um, bouquets of flowers from Australia and, and letters from all over the world. Um, people writing her poetry because of those beautiful poems she wrote, Terry, they're writing her poems now. Um, somebody wants to give her a gay Nobel prize, oh, um, yeah. which I think is fantastic. So <laughs> she's just, she's she's beside herself and she is so pleased that their story is resonating like this mm-hmm. and she's also just completely um blown away um as are the rest of the family members they just they can't believe it and they're of course they're very excited about the whole thing and of course it was being truly nosy girls we were just curious was there any parts of the film that didn't make the cut and were part of the story that you would love that people could have actually still got to see yeah <laughs> <laughs> here's the reality on a documentary we have thousands of hours of footage that we shot over a five-year period so you are constantly making very tough choices about what you include in a narrative that you hope will connect with a lot of people so i think the three of us each would give you different answers Mm -hmm. but you know you become very attached to parts of their story or parts of the movie that you would love in there it's it's really hard it's really tough to do we were really touched we really really enjoyed it Um, and as a trio you made something super super special obviously there was many more players involved um before you go, is there anything else, specifically like LGBT content, documentary-wise, or anything that you're working on that, you know, because I, I, I for one, straight away, I'm there. Like, if there's something else on the horizon, let me know, I'm there. The three of us are working on 
a documentary series that we're developing that will be in that direction, but we can't talk about it yet because we have to find a place for it to be. But yes, you know, one of the things that we think is really important is to um, elevate certain voices. And we think representation on screen is really important. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely the direction that the three of us will keep going in. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we really, really yeah, do appreciate it. Uh, we are shouting from the rooftops here in Dublin because we can't see each other. We're just shouting from the rooftops yeah. saying, please watch this documentary <laughs> because it is, I mean, it's such an important story that needs to be heard. So uh, thank you um, to all three of you for joining us today. And if you have not seen the documentary, guys, it is on Netflix now streaming worldwide. It's a secret love. And um Maybe don't have the bottle of wine. Would you be? Would I be right in saying that, Savina? No wine is needed. <laughs> Definitely lay off the wine. <laughs> a little wine. A little wine is okay. <laughs> well, in Ireland, uh, we don't need to be told that. <laughs> uh, Chris, Brandon, and Alexa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So, you guys, that was the makers behind uh, Netflix' new documentary, A Secret Love. Um, Really enjoyed chatting with them. It was kind of fascinating to get a little look behind mm. the scenes about what went on. And if yeah. you haven't watched it, please, please it's go on and watch it. And if you do, tweet at myself and Davina because we want to hear what you thought of it as well. And again, one more warning, be careful. Not the full bottle of wine, maybe just half the bottle of wine. Yeah, just a chalice amount. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoy A Secret Love. I hope you've enjoyed A Petty Little Thing, Force 15. Uh, myself and Victoria are going to be on the six o'clock show tonight, which is Friday the 15th. Uh, we're going to be on talking all things Eurovision because we had an amazing Eurovision night last night on our Petty Little Things Live. If you're not checking that out, you also need to get on that uh, choo-choo train. Uh, and next week, what's going on next week? Next week on Petty Little Things Live, we are going to be doing our fourth edition. Isn't it fourth? Yeah, it's round four. Of yes, Captivity. round four. Queens of Captivity, uh, amazing, iconic, legendary drag knockout um, pageant that is going running online all through lockdown. The Queen is on a runaway. It's a runaway hit, really. Who will it? win? You decide. Who will be set free? Who will win the vaccine coronavirus? All will be revealed. <laughs> oh my God, is that, the, is that the prize for whoever is the overall winner? I probably shouldn't have said that because it hasn't been developed yet. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> they're going to get first. They're going to get an uh, opportunity to test it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And remember to tune in again to our podcast next Thursday where we'll have a full length episode. Uh, we have a fabulous guest and topic all lined up, but you're not going to find out what it is just yet. Tune in to because listen. we don't know what it is either. <laughs> we actually don't know. We don't know. But it will come out soon. Uh, but until next time, you guys, stay petty. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.